Welcome to the Crossroads Community Church Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. We hope this message encourages you and inspires you. Here's today's message. We are in a series called Wise Up. We started this a few weeks back. We're going to be in it until through Memorial Day. And today, it fits perfectly, right, with Mother's Day. I don't know how many times I had my mother tell me that at some point in your life, you're going to have to wise up. And we've been studying Proverbs, King Solomon, the wisest man that ever lived. See, I wrote down in my notes one simple question that I want to try to answer. What if what most of us desire for our mothers is linked to something that she desires for us? What if what most of us desire for our mothers is linked to something that she desires for us? Like, like we all know what we desire from others, right? Because you have already started saying it. It's in the title of today, and you've said it over and over, and you've seen different things. But we do all that because of one thing. We want our moms to what? Have a happy Mother's Day. But I want to answer a question, what really makes them happy? I mean, I don't want to spend a lot of time on this, but I will give you a little bit of a hint. If you think getting one day right out of 365 is what moms are looking for, you're missing it. It's kind of like me and my wife when we celebrate our anniversary. I can't live like an absolute dog and just treat her like trash and then August the 2nd every year go, happy anniversary, I love you. She'd be like, slow your roll, buddy. Like, it's got to be something that, what, is consistent. And maybe, just maybe, in Proverbs, it gives us the answer that we can use to apply to our lives that's going to help us to wise up. So to help you understand this, you really know, need to know a little bit about kind of the outline of Proverbs. This, you don't have to take all of this. We're going to have some scriptures come up in a minute. But if you're taking notes and you want to write this down, that is fine. But to understand where we're going today, for the first time, we've been in Proverbs for three weeks. This will be the fourth week. But I actually want to give you an understanding. There's a little bit of an outline to Proverbs, and it'll help you understand how this book of wisdom is supposed to be applied to your life. King Solomon, the wisest man that ever lived, in the first seven verses of chapter 1, he kind of lays out his title. The very first verse, he lets you know who he is. And then he kind of gives you in the next six verses, two through six, kind of like Here's the, here's the instructions. Here's the plans. Here's the goal. So he identifies who he is, King Solomon, son of David. And then in the next verses, he tells you, okay, here's the goal of what's about to take place. But then in verse 7, he gives you what we call the motto of Proverbs. Like here is the, the essence of everything that's going to be seen over these next 31 chapters. This one motto that if you can apply this to your life, it's going to help you to wise up. We don't have this on the screen, but I just want to read it for you. It's very, very simple. It's the motto, and it says this. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. And after this, then they go into this kind of this dialogue, right? You get into these 10 paternal desires, t- paternal wisdoms, these things that, that he's saying your mother and your father is desiring this for you. Then it goes into these Proverbs of Solomon that will get you up to about 
chapter 20. And then he goes into these 33 sayings. And it all climaxes at the end of Proverbs, at the end of chapter 31, where he kind of identifies what an amazing godly woman looks like. Well, I want us to answer that question. Maybe, just maybe, what, what you want for your mother is directly tied to something that you are and what you have to offer. You're going to see that in the very first scripture you're going to see on the screen. Not only does he give this kind of introduction, this goal, and kind of this motto, but then I want you to listen to the very first thing that King Solomon says, the very first instructions about wising up. Are you ready? It's on the screen. It's verse 8, and it says this. Hear, my son, your father's instructions, and forsake not your mother's teachings. Hear, O son, your father's instructions, and forsake not your mother's teachings. Three different times in Proverbs, King Solomon relates back to his father and then includes his mother in the aspect that there is something bigger that is taking place for you to have wisdom. Now, I'm going to dive into the, the third one here in a minute. One of them shows up in chapter 6. The other one shows up in chapter 22, which is where we're going to spend most of our time today. But what he's really trying to get you to understand, and this is a key for all of us, no matter where you're at on your journey of life, whether you have children, don't have children, whether you're male, whether you're female, whatever your role is, you may be, listen, here's the key. Listen to me. To start to wise up and to be wise you're fooling yourselves if you don't think your home life plays a big role in it. That's the reason why it's the first thing that he mentioned. The reason why the first thing, before he gets into any of these instructions, any of these paternal things, any of these, these wisdoms that he talks about that's so great, any of these 33 wise sayings that he talks about, before he does any of that stuff, the first thing he identifies is, you know what? The home life is a really big deal. I'm going to prove it very carefully. It's such a big deal that for some of you guys, Mother's Day is not a good day. And I'm sorry. For some of you, you don't, you don't wake up on Mother's Day and, and post something on Facebook or Instagram. You don't, you don't get all excited. You... You may not even know, I don't know what your situation is. I just want you to know that today, I want you to buckle in because God's got something just as much for you as he does everybody else. And I want to encourage you to let you know that your circumstances don't have to define your life, but your God can define your circumstances. And I want you to know that as a pastor and your pastor, that I did not come into this day blinded to the fact that not everybody has a godly mother or even has a mother that's active in their life. But I do want you to know this, the absence of what people say that you need in life does not exempt you from what God desires in your life. And so buckle up with me. Let's go on a journey together. It hurts. I mean, it, it's emotional for me because I do want to celebrate moms, but I understand that for some of you guys, it's it just, it's okay. That's what I want you to know. It's okay. Because you're going to be an amazing parent. You're going to be an amazing parental influence. 
It may not be with your own biological children, but you will have an influence in this life that's bigger than anything. So with that being said, let's answer the question by turning in your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 23. I apologize, I said 22. Proverbs chapter 23, and we're going to look at one simple phrase, few scriptures that talks about this aspect of, of a mom's role and what they really want. If we really want people, mothers to be happy, is there something that we can offer that's going to help that? Well, here we go to wise up. Are you ready? Verse 22. Listen to your father who gave you life and do not despise your mother when she is old. Listen to your father who gave you life and do not despise your mother when she gets old. Now, this isn't an indictment. This isn't a, a sermon or a message talking about the way you should handle your parents as they get elderly and where they should stay or not stay, whether they could be in your home or, or in a different home that helps take care of their needs. That's not what this is talking about. What this is talking about is that what God desires for you in your life is to understand that there are people that he's going to put in your life that is going to give you instructions, and there's never a moment in your life that you're going to outgrow it. There's never going to be a moment in your life that you don't need it. Wisdom is something that as we grow and get older, there's never a moment that we go, wow, this is awesome, I've arrived, I don't really need anything anymore. I'm 48 years old. And in the process of being actually 47, I've hit an age where I don't even remember how old I am. That's how old I'm getting. I will be 48 this next year. But it's one of those things that there's never a time in my life that when I need something that I don't go to people that have already experienced it. I get so tickled listening to people talk about a situation when nobody in the room has any experience of the situation. Have you ever seen that? It's quite humorous. I one time remember sitting, I was, as back when I was doing student ministry, I was sitting in a, a, a round table with a bunch of guys that had just started student ministry. I'd been doing student ministry at this particular time for about 18 years. And they were all trying to figure out what was the key, like how do you kind of start a student? And they all had all these great ideas because they were going to school for this. And the, the book, I mean, it told you, you know, you do this and you get this. And the teacher said, if you do this, you get this. Meanwhile, I'm sitting there going, yeah, yeah, you sure can. And I didn't say a word. And after about 45 minutes of listening to them going back and forth, talking about how they were going to do different things for kids and what was going to be so intriguing to get students involved and, and how much this was really going to change students' lives and everything they were talking about was something that they had rather than something that God had to offer them. I, I finally just got ready to leave because I was kind of at the end of my time, I had some other things I need to get done. And one of them said, and I never forget this, they said, why are all of us talking about something we've never done when we got somebody that's already done it? And they all looked at me. And I looked at them. And I didn't say a word. <laughs> he said, did you give them some wisdom? Nope. Why? Because it was rough, and I wanted them to have the same skin in the game, right? Like, I'm not going to help them. Nobody helped me. I'm like, no way, buddy. You get in a fight with your pastor. You have people get mad at you. You let parents. No, I didn't do that. You know what I did? I started talking to them a little bit, and I said, well, let me, let me kind of define some situations that you may see as a big deal. 
Like I told them, I said, you know, like all the parents that you're talking about, like when you're saying, oh, student ministry would be so great if it wasn't for parents, just so you'll know, here's one of the things I've learned. If you don't have parents in your student ministry, you don't really have a student ministry. Because student ministry is parent ministry, and they're like, hmm. But the point of this is very simple. You've got people in your life that already have skin in the game. If you want to wise up, do yourself a favor. Live on their skin rather than putting in your own. Rather than being like, no, I've got this. I'm going to stop and listen. In fact, listen to these next few verses. It's really good. Verse 23. Buy truth and do not sell it. Buy wisdom and instruction and understanding. The father of a righteous will greatly rejoice. He who fathers a wise son will be glad in him. Let your father and mother be glad. And then here, underline these words if you have a paper Bible. Let her who bore you rejoice. See, he starts off with this one scripture talking about what are you buying? What are you investing in? Like if there was one question that I could really get us to ask and talk about today is what things are you in life really putting your investment into? Like right now, we, we've went through all this stuff with COVID, and we still don't know where we're at. Everybody stopped talking about it all of a sudden, so I'm confused. But it's one of those things that, you know, you're trying to figure out what's going on and what's going on. And we went through this little bit of a time where the, where the stock markets and the investments, you're like, woohoo, we gained 500. Oh, Lord, we lost 1,000. Hey, we gained 2,000. You're going, I don't know what to do. And everybody's like, just leave it there. Over time, it'll build wealth. And meanwhile, you're going, yeah, but I'm losing everything. And you're trying to figure out what to do. And you're saying, what am I going to invest in? What am I buying? Has anybody recently made any big purchases? Isn't it amazing how the person you're buying something from loves the product more than you do? You ever notice that? You know why? Because they're a salesman. That's called their job. If you're in this market right now, I heard somebody say that Bradley County should roughly have around 2,000 houses for sale. As of last week, we had 68. So yeah, right now, if you have a house and want to sell it, you can sell it and make a whole lot of money. Problem is, you won't have anywhere to go, but hey, at least you got a lot of money, right? And isn't it amazing how the realtor comes in and you say, okay, here's what I would like. And you kind of give them an idea of this is what I'm looking for. And then they show up, and I don't know if you've ever had this experience. I have. Nothing to get. Realtors are amazing. Please, we got some. I'm not talking about realtors for all my realtor friends in the congregation. But they will come because this is all they have to offer, right? And so they're saying, but let me sell you on this. And they say, oh, but, you know, it doesn't really have the things that you're really looking for. But look at what it does have. That actually makes perfect sense when buying a house. But when it comes to your life, Settling for less than what God wants is horrible advice. And I think that's what a lot of people try to do. They don't tell you all the things that God has for you as he's saying, what are you going to buy? Here's what you should buy. Buy truth and do not sell it. Buy wisdom. Buy instruction. Buy understanding. It's one of those things that if right now I could say, okay, you can have whatever you want it, what would you want? The first thing you would say is probably not truth, probably not wisdom, probably not understanding. The first thing we would talk about would probably be something that was temporary and something that only was fleeting. 
But let me tell you something. The wisest man that ever lived said, I'll tell you some things that you need to go after. If you're going to invest in something, here are some things you need to invest in. And I think that if we were to stop long enough, no matter what our situation is, mothers and mother figures in our lives have told us the same thing. That's the reason why sometimes when you were chasing something, they would ask a question and go, is that really what you want? Is that really what you want to invest in? I think the struggle that we have with this aspect of of, of buying into truth, buying into instruction, buying into wisdom, buying into knowledge is one simple issue. We don't see the worth. Can I speak on behalf of every parent, not just mothers, every adult? Can I speak on one thing? I promise the things that the world tells you are the greatest worth are usually not the greatest worth. I'm one of those that I go back to to my roots. I grew up in Nashville. And in Nashville, we have these amazing theologians that they put out these songs. They're called country music songs. And one of the greatest theologians that I know is about five foot six from Knoxville by the name of Kenny Chesney. And you say, he's not really a theologian. He is if you listen to him long enough. I mean, he may not be a Charles Spurgeon, but he's real close. But one of my favorite songs that he has out is called The Good Stuff. And the song basically takes place with him pulling up to a bar and asks for the good stuff. And rather than giving him some sort of liquor, he gives him a glass of milk. And he starts explaining to to this, this character in the bar that the thing that you're wanting, the good stuff, is not sold here. And he starts explaining it's the wife at home, and the kids, and the grandchildren. And he starts to explain. It's an amazing, amazing song. Some of you go, I don't like country music. Well, listen, you can pray at the end of this, and we'll ask the God to bless you, and you will understand that there's some amazing stuff. But it's amazing how when you go through life, the things that sometimes you are chasing, listen to me, at the end of the day, they're not worth chasing. I'll prove it to you. Today, text your mother. If you're with your mother today, at lunch, I have a question for you. Ask your mother this. What is it that I have that you're most excited that I have? Fair? Test me on this. Ask your mother, what is it that I have that you're really excited that I have? I've asked my mother this before. She didn't say a house. She didn't say a truck. She didn't say a career or a job. In fact, the first thing that she's always told me, which is amazing, is she's always said, I'm more thankful for Amy Lou, and you have an Amy Lou, than anything else. And you know, I'd agree with her. And then she names four of the five kids. I'm not going to say which one she leaves out. (laughs) I'll let them debate and discuss that amongst themselves. But four of the five are amazing. I mean, she loves them. One of them, she's like, I don't you. Know. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But it is crazy. At no point does she mention all the things that when I was graduating high school, when I was graduating college, when I was getting my math, all the things that I was chasing, never does she ever mention any of those things. But the things that she does mention 
I realize are the things that are irreplaceable. Can I tell you what it says? If you'll invest in those things, listen. If you'll invest in those things, it says, verse 25, let your father and mother be glad and let her who bore you rejoice. Can I tell you a little secret? Cards and flowers are great. In fact, yes, for all you moms, when you leave, all of those flowers you saw when you walked in, yes, they are for you. You're going to be able to pick whatever you want. In fact, we did something a little bit different because we're, we're just different sometimes. Some of you are like, I don't really like plants. That's right. we got tomato plants out there too. Because some of you are like, man, I'd love. Like, I don't care what. Be you. Get whatever you want. Be celebrated. Know that we love you. We're thankful for you. A lot of you are so amazing that you have influenced my life more than you've realized. Why? Because I see your sons and your daughters and your family members and the way you're leading them and how they're plugging into crossroads and how it's making a difference as they discover their purpose and go make. Like I get to reap what you're sowing. Like, I'm the guy that's gleaning the wheat, the disciples that are just, hmm, this is awesome. You're the one that tilled that soil. But all of it, it says, if you'll invest in these things, truth, wisdom, instruction, knowledge. It's talking about a biblical concept. If you'll invest in these things, that's what's going to make your mother happy. Now, I'm going to go ahead and chase a small rabbit. You say, but Mickey, I don't know. I, you know I, I'm a mom, and I'm a little bit different. You don't know my past. You don't know some of the things I've done. You know, that sounds so great. Like, I, I, this message, this is great. But you just don't know what I've been through. You, I wish I'd have been a better mother. I wish I'd have been a better this. Can I just for a minute preface King Solomon, the wisest man ever lived, who's writing this? Can I preface for a minute, in case you didn't realize who his mother was? Everybody knows his dad's King David, right? But most of the time we don't talk about who his mom. Maybe you've heard of her. Her name's Bathsheba. You know, the one that David walked out when he was supposed to be at battle. He looked across. There was a lady sunbathing, which is the biblical word of naked. And he goes, wow, and calls for her. And they have sexual relationships, and she gets pregnant. The only problem is, is that, that she was currently married at the time. And so David, being the amazing wise person he is, not. He turned around, and he went and got Uriah and tried to get him killed in battle. And when that didn't work, he, he actually first brought him back home, tried to get him drunk to get him to lay with Bathsheba. And when he wouldn't do that, because he was more committed than most people to soldiers, then he turned around and, and tried to get him drunk again, and he kept sleeping outside and wouldn't go into his home because he, was, he had this, this bond with these soldiers. So then he turned around and said, okay, we're going to attack the gate of the city. And when we attack, put Uriah at the front. As we attack, everybody retreat and leave him there, and he ends up getting killed. I mean, I don't know about you, but as a mom, you want to talk about having some past. That's the same mom that King Solomon's saying, listen to. Can I put it to you in an everyday, simpler English? God's not consumed about your past, and honestly, your kids probably aren't either. 
but they're actually enthralled with your presence and where you're going. They don't have to know all the gory details and the mistakes that you made, just like you're probably not going to know all the gory details and the mistakes that they make. Me and my brother get together with some of my cousins, and I literally say, guys, why are you talking about this? It's Christmas. This is fun. Hi, it's a funny story. Shut up. <laughs> like, she knows that you guys did this. That's the reason why I'm the favorite. She didn't know that I was there. But we laugh, right? Moms, listen to me. Your past doesn't disqualify you. All it does is it makes you relatable and real. Quit worrying about your past and feeling less worthy and realize that God's ordained you to do something great. But I do have two verses that I want you to know. Two verses, and then I'm done. Two verses that are in Proverbs 31, but I want you to hear these. Are you ready? Two simple verses, and then we're going to call it a day. Proverbs 31, 26. She opens her mouth with wisdom, and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. Listen to me. If you're not careful, you'll let the past make you bitter. Don't do it. Bury the past and focus on the present and the future. Why? Because you're one of the only people that can. Say, prove it. If I went through what some of you went through in birthing a child, I would not be able to love that child. I'm just telling you. If one of them misses doing a chore, I'm, I don't talk to them for two weeks. I can't imagine some of the things that some of you went through for your children, but yet you're just like, they're the apple of your eye. They just, oh, they're so sweet. Oh, they're so, I just love them. So I'm like, do you not remember what they did to you? Do you not remember all the weight, all the pain, all the struggles, how your body's never been different? Like, why am I reminding you of this, right? Just trying to be helpful. But yet in an instant, whether it was through a birthing or through a choosing, when that child became you, you'd stop your world for them. And then the last one's for all women. I don't care if you're a mother, a mother figure, desiring to be a mother. For any lady that's breathing, in person or online, here's the one encouragement I want to give you. Proverbs chapter 31, verse 30. Charm is deceitful, and beauty is vain. But a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Now, don't mishear me. I think a lot of you are beautiful. And I talk to you out here in the hallways, and you're as charming, as polite as anybody. But I want you to know as a pastor, that's not why I praise you. And those things may go up and down and change, and, and I get so tickled, right? We're all getting older, right? Oh, I just, I just don't look like I used to when I was 19, <laughs> said everybody. But that's not where your worth is. This says beauty's vain. Don't mishear me. I think you're beautiful. But that's not why I praise you. You want to find yourself in a situation to really make a difference? 
You want to find yourself in a situation with your family members and different people to really make a difference? Let me tell you the key. The key is not in your charm and not in your beauty. The key is in the Lord and the fact that you fear him. You say, so what are we going to do about it? Well, I think it's the thing we're going to do every time I finish this. We're going to take this message. We're going to take some time to process it. And we've got to take some time to apply it, right? And then I'm going to encourage you to wise up. If you're encouraged by today's podcast and would like to hear more messages, visit us at crossroadscommunitychurch.com.